The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined by... As always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. Uh, we are coming to you the morning after Memphis uh, takes down the uh, the mighty Delta. What are they, Delta Devils? One of the better uh, nicknames, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Of Mississippi Valley State. Uh, the Tigers win 94-57. Don't beat the spread which was, uh, I believe, 45 at tip-off. But uh, convincing win. They end this three, the three-game homestand, 3-0 uh, and since the last time we joined you. They beat Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, and now Mississippi Valley State. They're 4-2, and two, heading into a uh, the final, as of now, non-conference game of the regular season against Auburn in Atlanta this weekend, uh, Saturday, 4 p.m. tip uh, on SEC Network. Um, we, should but, say that we should say a lot of that's probably still fluid because we saw this morning LSU in South Florida. Are not oh, yeah, yeah, with all the prerequisite COVID disclaimers yeah. of, yes, as we're recording this, the Auburn-Memphis game is still on and there's no COVID issues as far as we know, right. but it's only Tuesday and – or only Wednesday, yeah. and things could change very quickly uh, in, in in this uh, this day and age. Um, but so far, so good for the Tigers. They haven't had COVID issues, really. I mean, I, Ahmad Rand missed the tur- South Dakota tournament because of contact tracing. I know Malcolm Dandridge, we know, missed some time in training camp. But um, for the most part, you know, all things considered, things have gone pretty well. Um, the three home games went off without a hitch. They were all a little strange, you know, but um, the Tigers get wins in all three rebound for, you, you know, you feel better about them now than you did uh, coming out of South Dakota. I don't know how much better, but you do feel better. Um, you know, they played, they played, you know, they, they played, they, they played well enough, certainly. Um, but I, I'm curious, Jason, here as we sit ahead of this Auburn game, how do you feel um, after these three home games? Like, what is what, what were your takeaways? What do you think this team is good at? And what do you think uh, what do you think still troublesome as we as we now head into uh, the teeth of the schedule again? Well, the bottom line is they were supposed to win and they did. And um, I mean, aside from some. I guess uh, nervous moments or awkward moments against central Arkansas where central Arkansas was winning uh, the game, you know, later, later in the, in the game than, than probably most Memphis fans would like Um, it, it, it all went about as close to according to plan as, as I'm sure Memphis um, had hoped it would. Uh, But there's, they're still not shooting, the ball very well. Now I say that, I mean, like three out of their last four games, they are shooting under 27% from three, three out of the last four games. 
Um, that's troubling uh, to me. And, and it just, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how you fix it. You know, I mean, you, you want, do you want them to keep shooting? Do you want, and, and just hope they break out of it. Do you want them to go into a, you know, like change up their, um, their MO? Do you want them, you know, to stop shooting it and, and, and really work it down into the post where you've got a very inexperienced, um, freshman center in Musa Cisse and uh, 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 right, right now they're shooting after after these home games they're shooting 30.7% from three point range um, which ranks 210th in the country and so I that's that's what I think is the biggest quantity. and oh by the way they're shooting 48.5% on two pointers which is 198th in the country Last night they shot something like sixty-seven percent from from inside the arc, mm-hmm. um, which is to be expected against Mississippi Valley State. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't I don't think that that is. I don't think that Memphis getting away from shooting twenty to twenty-five, sometimes even <laughs> more than twenty-five three pointers a game, is the the best alternative um, because they do have. S- you know, some issues uh, in the interior. I mean, you know, Musa had a double-double last night. He had a double-double against Arkansas State. Um, that's fine, but he's still learning. He's still – there are still some very f- frustrating moments, I think, for the coaching staff when he is when he is on the floor um, yeah. on the well, and, and, and And just the, some of these issues are not exposed against – the inferior competition, like they will be start, you know, against an Auburn or, you know, even just like a Tulsa, someone like that. I mean, you say that, but there was a couple of times last night, especially in the first half where Musa was really, um, he was frustrating the coaching staff. Let's put it that way. There were, there were some, some screens that they wanted him to set and he just wasn't quite getting it. And there was some mishandled, um, you know, you know, his, his ball handling wasn't – if it wasn't an alley-oop and they were, they were getting it to him in the post last night in the first half, it was touch and go. So, I, I just – you know, he'll get there. It's just still very much a work in progress. And then, of course, Malcolm Dandridge um, is his primary backup right now. And he – you know, I mean, yeah, he scored 10 points, but he probably could have had 18 points if not for a few missed bunnies and – yeah, he's been intriguing to me, Malcolm, because he has he has he, he has these moments where he looks like really good, yeah. um, and then but then he, he you know he's not consistent enough, uh, right. you know, and so you know it's it's interesting. I mean, Musa, you know, I know it's it's I know he has his moments where he looks very raw and looks very much like a freshman. But he's averaging eight points, eight rebounds. I, I do, I do like what he's given you. He gives you a presence at the rim. He's a good, he's he's very good at finishing alley oops. I'm not like, I know it's you know it seems easy, but like not everyone makes it look that easy. I would say. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's bringing some interesting things to the table. Um, so yeah, no, I I think though it, you know everything they did well in these three games it all comes with kind of the, well, you know, look at who they're playing. And like, let's be honest, the first half against central Arkansas last Friday, wasn't the greatest half. They were losing at halftime. 
Um, the Arkansas State game was, you know, it what they. I'll give them this. I never at any point actually thought they were going to lose any of these games. You know, like it was closer than you wanted the first two games. Um, but you never thought they were going to lose. And so then that, so that's really ultimately the biggest thing, I guess. Um, and then they're, you know, they, they just looked, what I would say, the one thing that I hope hopefully can carry over and hopefully is not just, the function of playing bad teams is they, it just looked a little smoother. They looked a little more natural playing together. The chemistry seemed to improve with each game. Um, It's not perfect. It's not like there yet, but it's better than it was when you uh, came back from South Dakota. It feels like, like they, they've talked, it sounds like, you know, they had a team meeting you know, Penny's talked to certain individual guys about what they're, you know, what he needs them to do. It just, they seem a little more uh, self-aware and, um, you know, I, I guess just connected, if that makes any sense. That, you know, and hopefully that's something that's not, you know, not just a product of they were playing bad teams. Like, hopefully that can carry over uh, now that the schedule is going to toughen up again. Um but some interesting, you know, interesting, I guess, storylines I feel like have come out of uh, these three games. I wanted to get your thoughts, Jason, on each of them. Okay. So first of all, Jaden Hardaway is in the starting lineup. And Jaden Hardaway, and, and tell me if you disagree, might be the biggest bright spot of the first five, six games of the year, or biggest surprise, maybe biggest surprise bright spot. He's not the best player on the team, but I don't think any of us expected Jaden Hardaway to be a consistent contributor early on in the season uh, back when we were prognosticating how this would go. Uh, So your thoughts on uh, what Jaden Hardaway is bringing to the table. I keep, yeah, I, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head that he is, he is the, Biggest surprise and may even be the most improved player um, on the roster. I, I I hate to say it like this because it's going to sound it's going to sound bad, but I kind of keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, like I keep waiting for there to be there to come a time where he reverts back to um, sort of the type of player he he was. Well, to me, as a freshman, maybe he won't. He's worked on it. He looks like a different dude. Like he's bigger and stronger. Um, you know, that's what I'm he, saying. Like I keep waiting for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, we're six games in, and you know, this is this is a blanket statement, and so, so don't take it literally. Um, but he just he's not doing anything to hurt the team. Like. Yeah. No, he, he's, he seemed, we talk about being, I talked about being self, they seem more self-aware. Jaden is the one guy on the team who I know, who I feel like when I watch him play, most of the time when I watch him play, I go, that guy knows who he is and what he can do. Um, I don't think you can say that about a lot of the guys on this team. I think a lot of the guys on this team um, sometimes do things that they might not, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily embrace playing a role. And Jaden seems to be, um, I don't know. He strikes me the way he plays. 
you know, he plays so hard all the time and it's in short bursts. Um, but the fact that he's willing to play a role, um, I think they need as many of those guys as they can get. And then you add on the fact that he is a good shooter. Um, he hasn't necessarily shot it lights out yet. He's actually been better taking it to the hole. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see if that carries over um, when they start playing better teams again, um, whether he can take it to the hole against them. Right. Um, but at, to me, you mentioned it earlier, like they're not shooting the ball well. Even though they won these games, they are not shooting the ball well from outside. So anyone who can provide shooting um, and the fact that Jaden can now – hold his own in other departments and he's a shooter. Um, it's great. It's a great story because I, you know, I, I, I got to know Jaden when he was, you know, came here to East to play for Penny at East and played it with team Penny. And I mean, I can tell you when Penny gave him a scholarship, like a lot of coaches were, you know, like he wouldn't have gotten a Scott. Like, I don't know if he had like, a D one scholarship offer. He had like interest. I don't know if he had one yet. Um, when, uh, he committed to Memphis and obviously being the coach's son and on scholarship is, you know, you're going to draw some scrutiny that another, a random player wouldn't draw. Um, especially when your father's Penny Hardaway and he's handled it really well. Um, and frankly, he surprised me, you know, he's like, I didn't think he was going to really, uh, become a contributor here at Memphis. Like, uh, uh, you know, I thought maybe by the end of his career he could, and here we are, he's a redshirt sophomore, um, and he's proven a lot of doubters wrong about uh, what he can become. Like, he, he he strikes me as a useful player, you know, and, like, it's been a nice development for Memphis. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game-by-game -game progression, zero points in his first two games, five each in the next two, and then eight each in the next two after that. Um, he doesn't give you anything rebounding wise. He's got one rebound on the on the season. Well, I think this all we got to make sure we we say like let's see how it goes against. Oh right, yeah. Auburn and then Tulane and totally like, let's see if this continues. You know, it's not just against the you know Mississippi Valley states of the world. Yeah, um, sure. But he he's earned himself a chance to show you know show what he can do again in these bigger games. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, um, I yeah. Um, I thought, I thought two, you know, one player who I thought um, had a really nice homestand um, was Lester Quinones. Sure. Uh, he, you know, he was, he didn't, he still isn't shooting the ball great um, from outside, um, which is like the entire team, but his playmaking ability uh, became more and more uh, dynamic as the homestand wore on, and he rebounded the ball really well. Like, he gives you a lot of versatility, uh, or at least he, he did during this homestand. Uh, but he was taking it into the hole, creating for others, um, and he even play, he played a decent amount of point guard against Mississippi Valley State ends up with um, 14 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, just two turnovers. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I just thought he would, you know, he's only shooting 
Um, he's shooting below 30% from three-point range right now, which, you know, you want to see that at least at 35%, I would think. Um, but uh, just giving you a lot right now, 10, 10 points, five and a half rebounds, three and a half assists per game. Um, I liked what I saw out of Lester Quinones at the point guard. It's a nice uh, wrinkle uh, that Penny can can use, I think, moving forward. What do you what do you, what did you uh what did you make of Lester Quinones, Jason? Last three games he averaged 14.3 points, eight rebounds, and five assists uh per game. Um that's that that will play pretty much anywhere. And that's kind of what you know at least I expected out of him this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he showed, um, you know, uh, like he, this, this is what I thought the next step in his progression would be, you know, he, he didn't necessarily give you um, that consistently last year, but he would give it to you like every other game or every uh, couple of games where he would score, you know, uh, 12, 14, 15 points a game and give you six, eight rebounds, you know? And so it feels like this is, this is him taking the next step and, and to take that even a step further um, the assist numbers are, have been really strong. Um, And I think that is an important thing for a guy who has always been wired to score the way he has. I mean, he's, he's always been a scorer his entire career. Um, And for him to be able to sort of shift a little bit and, and and share the ball and create help create for others, uh, I think is a, a big step for him personally, and it's and it's helping the team as well. Well, it's just so funny to me that he came here as a you know top fifty ish recruit, billed as this like great shooter, and yes. what's amazing about his career so far at Memphis is that he's literally done everything but shooting well. Yes. Like shooting has been like his weak spot here at Memphis. Yeah, that's like, like every other part of his game has probably been better than expected and just better than what his reputation was coming into college. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's been like it's been like when he shoots it well, that's a bone. That's like, you know, I yeah, know if you can if he can shoot 35 percent from three point range like that's a, that's that's like, a you know, all conference level player right there, you know. Um, well, he was so, all freshman. He was an all freshman guy last year, so he's. So if he know. can get his shooting, you know, shooting touch. I mean, and right. so um, another player who I thought played well in these or played better in these three games, and why Memphis looked just looked better is uh, is DJ Jeffries. Um, he just seemed more. He he seemed more than anyone. He just seemed more comfortable. Um, and he wasn't forcing as many shots. He was letting the game come to him a little more. Um, but he seen, DJ seemed to get back on track and looked a lot closer to the DJ Jeffries of last year uh, than he did in South Dakota. The biggest thing that I thought that I, that I thought um, that he has done better over these last few games, he was six of fifteen. Let me just go down his uh, his field goal uh, numbers game by game throughout the season. Two of ten against St. Mary's, three of nine against Western Kentucky, six of fifteen against VCU, two of nine against Arkansas State, 
In Central Arkansas, he was 6 of 12. Last night, he was 8 of 14. He took over for a long stretch of that game against uh, Mississippi Valley State last night where he was aggressive. He was attacking the basket. Let me see how many times he shot the three last night. He was one of two from three. Um, that was his – that was the fewest number of three-pointers he's tried in a game since Western Kentucky when he only shot it once. So I think he is, you know, starting to – He's. It, it seems like he has grasped that he's got to be – you know, he's finally grasped it. He's got to be more aggressive. He's got to uh, penetrate and, and you know, really go strong to the to the cup. And it paid off. It paid off last night. Yeah. No, and, and well, and, like, listen, like, last night especially, like, that Mississippi Valley State team was – Not I mean, good. They're literally the lowest-rated team in Ken Palm. And they're, they're coached by Lindsey Hunter. It was an interesting storyline. Lindsey Hunter and Penny were drafted in the same year. Uh, into the NBA. Um, uh, but, I mean, their shot selection was the worst shot selection I've seen in a long time. Like, it was, like, unbelievable the degree of difficulty on some of the chucks that those guys put up there. So, I don't – again, it's like, that's what's so – that's what's interesting about these three games is, like, you don't know how much – of a, I don't know how many conclusions you can really draw from these three games, even though they're, you know, and even, and it goes right down to the, the encouraging play of some of these players is like, now hopefully it transfers over, translates over what, now that the competition amps up another, another level or so. Um, Landers Nolly didn't play much last night, only played nine minutes last night. Uh, because of an injury that he suffered, a hard fall uh, in which he landed, it sounds like landed awkwardly on his hand and it's hurt and he hurt his wrist. And I guess last night, Penny was optimistic. You know, after the game, Penny was optimistic about the prognosis, but, you know, it's a risk. You know, I think, I guess they're probably going to get an MRI or x rayed here. And hopefully it's nothing more than just, you know, hurts, you know, like maybe he misses. Maybe he misses the Auburn game, but hopefully it's not serious, um, a serious injury. I, I, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even say, oh, shouldn't even say maybe he doesn't, maybe misses the Auburn game because we just don't know at this point. Um, but um, that would be a major blow because Landers, uh, he's the one guy who seems to, um, he's, he's hit the most threes on the team, I guess is, is the best way to put it. Um, he's the only one, uh, him and Boogie Ellis are the only two guys on the team shooting better than 40% from three point range. Um, he's the leading scorer on the team at 15 points per game. And if you lose him, that's a big blow. No doubt. Um, I, I, I do think that, I mean, it was Mississippi Valley state. I get it. Don't get me wrong, but it did feel like with when Nolly went out, not having Damian Ball, there felt like a little bit more cohesion. It felt it felt like you know it felt like guys actually recognized the importance of stepping up. It, it almost like it, it well, and the rotation was shorter. Yeah, the ro- I mean, like let's be honest, like it was easy. It was easier 
for guys to get in a rhythm because the rotation was shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you you want Landers obviously on the floor as much as possible, but it wasn't like things just went just haywire without him. Um, you know, but again, you know, you you want him healthy, you want him on the floor because in games such as the one that's coming up against Auburn, uh, you very well may need him um, because, as you pointed out, uh, if you don't have him, Boogie Ellis is the only player right now on the team hitting threes with any sort of consistency. And What, uh, what have you made of what – Boogie feels – I don't know. He, it, he has not played um, – as he certainly has not matched his, his – come close to his St. Mary's performance – since the opener um what have you made of how he's looked he he started uh two games in place of landers didn't start last night um had an interesting sequence at the beginning of the second half of the of the central arkansas game in which he didn't play the first 10 minutes of the second half um what do you think about uh how Boogie's playing. He had 18 points last night against Mississippi Valley State. Um, had a pretty had a had a nice scoring output. Um, I, I just think they need, you know, my concern with Boogie is it feels like his his game is sometimes dependent on how he's shooting and scoring the ball, like how effective he is, is sometimes too dependent on that. And they just need him out on the floor more as an effective player. Cause he can like, he can, he's the one guy who can, he's one of the guys on their team who can shoot it and create off the dribble. And then, you know, I just think if he can get a little more consistent, um, that would be ideal, but he's played pretty well. I mean, like ultimately he's, his game has gone up a level from a year ago. Um, and uh, I think for Memphis to be good, he needs to be good. I agree with you. I mean, right now he's got a very specific defined uh, role um, almost to the point where he's a little bit one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Um, He he is a scorer. He is a scoring specialist and he is doing it well. He's shooting 46% uh, from the floor, 40, almost 42% from three. And uh, he's averaging 12.8 points per game, but he's not giving you much rebounding. He doesn't, uh, distribute at all, um, seven assists through six games, uh, and and his assist to turnover ratio is seven to six. I mean, defensively, he's he's pretty good. He's got seven steals, four blocks, and he's you know he's pretty disruptive. He makes the uh, he makes the uh, other team you know really work. Uh, you know, but that's everybody on this Memphis team. You know, pretty mm-hmm. much everybody. Um, the way Penny Hardaway likes to play defense is is disruptive. Um, so I, I just, you know, my thing with Boogie is if he's not scoring, he, he's not giving you much else. Um, so yeah, that's, that would be my one concern right now with Boogie is that he's pretty one dimensional. Yeah. And, and as you look at this, I mean, you've also got Alex Lomax. We, we mentioned Damian ball in the rotation right now, Lance Thomas sort of on and Malcolm Dandridge sort of on the periphery of the rotate both of them you know I don't know if both of them are ultimately going to be 
maybe you're only playing one of the two, one of the two, whoever's more effective in the moment uh, over the long haul. But um, and Ahmad Rand is kind of out of the rotation right now, not playing very much. Penny said they're still trying to get him up to speed after he missed uh, a couple weeks there because of COVID-19 contact tracing. But I bring that all that up, Jason, because so we've still got the looming DeAndre Williams transfer waiver hanging out there, hanging over things, um, you know, since since we last came on the podcast, the NCA requested more information from Memphis, apparently. Um, but we've also found out that uh, through Jeff Goodman of Stadium um, that the NCAA is con- is going to be considering, I guess, a blanket waiver for this year um, of all the remaining transfer waiver requests, um, given the circumstances with COVID-19. Apparently there's going to be a, a vote by the D1 council on December 16th. So we could find out then uh, that the Tigers are going to get DeAndre Williams. And Penny has made it clear, like DeAndre Williams is one of the team's best players um, and that he's a really important part of this. So you could be having, you could be adding that to the rotation. And we've got reports uh, over the past week. Um, It's been, you know, Parker Stewart, who, uh, was at UT Martin. He's from Union, Tennessee, Um, but he was at UT Martin playing for his father, former UT Martin coach, Anthony Stewart, who tragically passed uh, a month or two ago. Um, Parker is now transferring as a grad transfer and Memphis is among his final four, along with, I believe, Indiana, Kansas State, and one other team. Arkansas. Arkansas um but he played Parker played for team Penny coming out of high school and he also knows new Memphis assistant Jermaine Johnson who was you know the associate head coach at UT Martin when Parker uh first got there Parker began his career at Pittsburgh and then transferred to UT Martin. But he averaged 19 points per game last year at UT Martin. He shot 38% from three at Pittsburgh, shot like 34% last year from three. But um, if you, you know, if you can find a way to get him too, um, you're adding to the rotation, but how do you feel about how you handle all that? My feeling is we did, we've talked, we talked about at the top, one of the, I think one of the, just the, the big concern moving forward is the fact that this team does not hit enough outside shots um, and they miss a lot of open outside shots. And um, if someone can shoot, I think you have to explore adding them to the roster at this point. But with the, with the noted caveat that you can't expand the rotation, like to me, like, you, I don't want to be. I don't think Penny needs to be playing twelve guys. And it, I think you've seen over these three games, as the rotation has gotten a little more defined, the team has played better. Yeah, for sure. I mean that that is the that would be the thing because if you don't take somebody like that to not play them, and you know, you certainly. And it's unclear how they're going to make room for him scholarship wise. Maybe like the Isaiah Stokes situation he's off scholarship because he's suspended um, or uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to make it work, but 
it's it it would seem to me if they're recruiting Parker Stewart as aggressively as it seems they are, they they kind of have an idea of how they can make it work. It also seems to be a little bit up in the air as to whether or not he actually wants to play this year. You know? Oh, really? Okay, I mean, that's I, interesting. That I it just the word that I've gotten is it seems like that's not a one hundred percent certainty that if he did transfer, if he does transfer, when he transfers, that he for sure would want to play um, next semester. So I, I I tend to think that he uh, does because you know he's already dropped a top four, and I would expect he will make his decision sometime before next semester starts within the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, that, that does become a thing, you know, like if, if you add Deandre Williams and Parker Stewart on top of it, you know, then, then it's going to become even that much harder to, to shorten the rotation. And, uh, but they sound, they're good players. Like, I don't know. It's like, you got to figure, but that's what makes this, you know, this it's, we're six games in and we're trying to form, you know, an opinion on what this team is. And like, until we know whether they're going to add one or both of those guys, how can we possibly know what this team's going to be? And it's, it's merging, merging Deandre Williams, I think will be easier because he's been practicing with the team. Yeah. Merging Parker. If you get Parker Stewart, merging him immediately is going to be a delicate, uh, delicate task for penny i mean who would be your odd man out i mean if, when you get deandre williams that seems to indicate that lance thomas is probably going to be the odd man you know sure, the person yeah. most affected by deandre williams so who would would Jaden hardaway be the most affected by parker stewart i think one it, of the i think one of the or alex lomax you know like right. something like that um some some people are going to have to sit who are playing right now um so yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that de- how that develops over time. But Penny has said Penny said last night we have an identity now, Jason. Um, we're going to get after people, um, and so they take that sort of confidence into Atlanta this weekend. They're playing Auburn, um, and it feels like, frankly, a must win if you plan to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, this is not it appears a great Auburn team. They obviously they recently instituted self-imposed a postseason ban and their five-star recruit Sharif Cooper. It has not been uh, deemed eligible yet. And it appears probably isn't going to be deemed eligible uh, by the NCAA. They lost to um, UCF. UCF already they're two and two um, a, a UCF team that I watched the, the I watched play uh, Michigan the other day not a great UCF team this year um, so or didn't appear in that game at least so um, given what happened in South Dakota and given this is your last non-conference game and it you know it's an SEC opponent at the very least um, just feels like a game you need to win if you're Memphis uh, if you plan to try and be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's still Auburn and, uh, and, and, and you certainly, you know, you'd rather win it than lose it. Um, and, and, you know, I think this is going to be the next opportunity to the next best opportunity outside of, I guess, Western Kentucky uh, to see what 
this Memphis team is really all about, what it's potentially yeah. capable of. We'll have a much better idea if they're improving uh, after this one. Well, Jason will be in Atlanta chronicling the action this weekend. We'll have tons of coverage of Memphis basketball, but commercialappeal.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, we will join you next week, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll feel a lot better about the Tigers after they beat another t- the, the Auburn Tigers. Uh, but till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Uh, thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.